Oh, it's such a clutch pickup, Dave. I know, right? I was worried we'd bring back the same team. Oh, no, I meant those blackout motorized shades. MVP of the room. Blinds.com made it crazy affordable to replace our old blinds. Hard to install? No, it's easy. Even you could do it. Nice. I installed these and then got some for my mom, too. What, you fly across the country to do the install? Nope. Blinds.com can do it all. All she had to do was pick what she wanted. She talked to a design consultant for free and scheduled a professional measure and install. Look at you, Hall of Fame son. Oh, I just picked the winning team. They're the number one online retailer of custom window coverings in the world. Oh, Blinds.com is the GOAT. The GOAT. He shoots. He scores. Go to Blinds.com for up to 45% off and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Go right now for up to 45% off at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. The college football playoff picture really starting to take shape. Brutal news on Saturday with two in Alabama. Now as you look ahead for the Ohio State-Penn State showdown at high noon and a bunch of other games to note, we welcome in our college football handicapper. He's ready to rock and roll, the professor, Johnny Massey. He joins us. What's up, professor? Good evening, John. How are you this morning? Professor, I'm doing fine. Let's start with Alabama. Brutal news, of course, with Tua. What is their path? the way you see it, if they're going to find their way into the playoff. Obviously, people are going to take into account Tua not being there. They're going to need Jones to play out of his mind against Auburn. Do you still see a path for Alabama getting into this thing? Yes, I do. Um, and I think it is the Auburn game that determines it. Because I think if you read between the lines what was said on Tuesday night, looking at the comparison of Minnesota and Penn State, where despite the head-to-head victory from Minnesota over Penn State, they then cited common opponent, where Minnesota lost at Iowa and Penn State beat Iowa. Uh, And I think that's giving you a look and giving them an out with regards to Alabama, if they beat Auburn at Auburn with their backup quarterback, who is now their starting quarterback, as opposed to, say, Oregon, who lost the first game of the year to Auburn on the neutral field. So I think if you read between the lines and the language there, the committee is giving themselves an out to consider Alabama in such a spot. However, Alabama still needs help because if Georgia wins out, uh, which would include a win over LSU in the SEC title game, Don't you see LSU still getting in with only one loss? They could probably afford that loss, even if it's in the SEC title game. So then you were looking at uh, Georgia cementing their spot and really leaving no room at the end. And the four teams there now would be the four teams, barring any other setbacks for Ohio State or Clemson. Johnny, Georgia aside, would you say out of those Pac-12, Big 12 schools, Oregon the best chance out of any of the bunch to get in? you think Oregon, Utah, Oklahoma, who's the most likely to be playing in that college football playoff? Um, Well, I mean, if Penn State pulls off a win over Ohio State in the horseshoe, nobody else really has that opportunity to pull off a a win like that uh, and then beat Minnesota in the Big Ten title game. That probably gets them the pass because they also have the win over Michigan. So I don't think that can really be forgotten on what a win 
for Penn State could do on Saturday afternoon to spring them into the right into the playoff discussion again. Yeah, let's start there because that to me is the more key matchup of this slate of college football, and the line is rather astronomical. I mean, we're talking about a line that's over 17 points. We know how dominant Ohio State has been. Can you make a case for Penn State giving us a competitive effort kicking off this slate of games at high noon? You know, and I say this because I'm handicapping a game and I have to ask myself questions of, like, can Penn State do this? And it's not just for only winning the game, but staying in the game. And this is all dependent upon whether Hamler can even play. Because I don't think Penn State really has a chance to score if Hamler is not playing in this game. Uh, James Franklin is hopeful that he'll be able to play. He's optimistic that he'll be able to play. But he was injured on that kickoff return against Indiana and left in the late first quarter. And Penn State really needs his athleticism, his speed, and his chemistry with Clifford. They're going to really have a chance in spreading this Ohio State defense out. Uh, Can the Penn State offensive line hold up against the Ohio State front? An Ohio State front that is going to be getting Chase Young back from his two-game vacation, I mean suspension, uh, for the financial situation. And I say vacation because Ohio State didn't need him against Maryland and Rutgers uh, in the last two games. Um, This is an Ohio State defense that collectively has allowed under 10 points per game. It's forcing more than two turnovers per game. They have 93 total tackles for loss and 42 sacks on the season. So when you're looking at those numbers, can the Penn State offensive line hold up? Uh, Because Penn State's going to need to be able to score. Because you imagine, much like when we were talking about Ohio or Oklahoma and Baylor last week, Baylor's going to need to score. Penn State's going to need to be able to score because defensively, Penn State's front defensive line is very good. But how is their secondary going to hold up a secondary that has been exposed in consecutive weeks against Minnesota's dynamic receivers? against Indiana's one-dimensional passing attack in which uh, their top wide receiver and Bolitnikoff finalist, uh, Fillior, uh, got hurt last week and was out for much of that game. So you're looking at really an imbalance. And what I think makes Ohio State so special this year is they have athletes on both sides of the ball. They have so much collective speed. And they are just simply more athletic and more dynamic than these other teams in the Big Ten. I think this is why we want to see these games against uh, Penn State and Michigan in the next two weeks for Ohio State. Because we're thinking that they are the closest teams with regards to athleticism against Ohio State. Uh, Penn State's got some of that athleticism in the front seven. Uh, but I don't know if they have that in the secondary, which we thought was their weak spot coming into this season. Okay, Professor, Baylor coming off that crushing defeat against the Sooners. They have the massive lead. Oklahoma comes storming back. Now Baylor's at home again. Take it on Texas. Line opened at four, now up to six. Basically split action on the tickets. You surprised at all that this line moving in the direction of the Bears? Because they're home, I'm not quite sure. I mean, this is a tough spot for Texas off the road game last week against Iowa State. 
which they somehow covered. And I say somehow covered because you're watching these Texas results, and especially offensively, they just don't look good. Ellinger doesn't look comfortable. They're not able to establish a running game. They just look out of rhythm. They're very inefficient. Uh, They haven't been good on third downs. Now, defensively, Texas is starting to get healthy. Stearns is back. They're moving around their linebackers out to defensive ends, so they're trying to give different looks. They held Brock Purdy and Iowa State to three of 14 on third downs last week, which was a huge improvement for Texas versus what we've seen of them earlier in the season. Um, Baylor was a tale of two halves, uh, both offensive, especially offensively. I mean, defensively, I think they just got gassed because they were on the field the entire third quarter. Um then they made some special teams mistakes in that game also. Shanked punk, 20-yard punt, uh, yards on kickoff returns for Oklahoma. So I look at that game and which offense is going to be more efficient against the opposing defenses. The defenses seem to be trending in the right direction, the better direction than both the offenses in this contest. And the offenses are just so inconsistent uh, when you get these two inconsistent offenses together, it's interesting to see how they play out against one another. Breaking down the college football card, we got picks still to come with the professor, Johnny Massey. And professor, this time of year, I always like to find those teams on the road in an environment where they're very much in that college football playoff race. But they're taking on a home team that's going to be into it. They're going to take on a home team that's going to be spirited. I see one of those spots this week with Oregon taking on our good pal Herm Edwards and Arizona State. It's a hefty line. We're talking about two touchdowns plus. Am I crazy to make the argument that Arizona State could give them a competitive effort on Saturday night? I think they can give them a competitive effort just because historically dogs have been extremely competitive in Herm Edwards contests this season. The underdog. Uh, is eight and two. So it's usually play Herm when he's a dog and play it and fade Herm when he's a favorite. Uh, that has been a pretty successful angle this year. Uh, they lost the game in Corvallis last week against Oregon State going for a two point conversion, which I don't think the offensive line blocked a soul on a sweep attempt on the two point conversion. They also took the ball out of their hands of their dynamic dual threat quarterback, Jaden Daniels. He's a freshman. You're going to be hearing a lot about him for the next four years. Uh, he really is holding on, grasping to this pro set, pro set offense that Arizona State runs. Um, this is also, and I think the books are finally adjusting to the fact that this Oregon team isn't the dynamic spread offense, high-paced, high-octane Chip Kelly Oregon teams of the past. Uh, they are slower. They are very good in the trenches. They block, their defense suffocates you, and they really get after you. But I can see Arizona State trying to hang in this game. Uh, Oregon is thin at the wide receiver position, and I bring that up because Arizona State's secondary, uh, I have as 87th against the pass, so they're very vulnerable there. But despite Justin Herbert as the Oregon quarterback, uh, a pro prospect, probably a top 10, top 15 pick, He doesn't really have the wide receivers that I don't know if they can make Arizona State pay um, for how bad their secondary is just because how banged up there are. Pittman got injured in last week's game against Arizona also. So uh, 
all trends say Arizona State, but Oregon is just so good and so fundamentally sound in the trenches. I think Arizona State, which has lost four games in a row, is in a tough spot here, despite the fact they're at home. And Oregon has struggled in their last handful of games in the state of Arizona, both against the Sun Devils and against the Wildcats in spots like this where they have a lot to play for. Johnny, before we get to your picks, why don't you take on Texas A&M and Georgia. And Georgia survived last week against Auburn. A&M 7-3 on the year. This line has now moved a point and a half, basically. Open to 14 and a half. Now down to 13. Georgia, another one of those teams with the one loss where every game means so much. You know they're going to be getting the underdogs' best efforts, it feels like, week after week after week. Yeah, and you know one of the things about Jimbo Fisher is that Texas A&M is going to try to limit possessions. They really need Kellen Mond to step up in this spot. Uh, They need a good Kellen Mond. They've had the opportunities against Alabama early in the year. They had the game against Clemson in which they somehow snuck through the back door in that dramatic fourth quarter march to the end zone, calling a couple timeouts when they had goal to go to try to punch it and get the cover. Um, I don't know if Texas A&M is strong enough in the trenches, especially defensively, to slow down the Georgia rushing attack. But this is also a situation where Georgia, just because of the style in which they play, they limit the number of possessions. It's a downright grinder. And when you start considering laying two touchdowns and around that number, it becomes hard to justify it because you just don't know how many possessions there are in the game. And they play such a vanilla offense and just handing the ball off behind their fantastic offensive line. I mean, I'm not saying it's a bad way to play football, but sometimes they just get all too conservative. They were 32% uh, efficiency rate last week against Auburn. They had a 21 nothing lead, and just because their offense only had like three good drives throughout the entire game, uh, and they were able to make it hold up, but some offensive team can make them pay uh, if their offense doesn't become more efficient and make some throws. And if you're Texas A&M, you're going to sell out to try to stop the run and force Georgia to throw to beat you. Okay, Professor, now it's time, my friend. Best bets for this court of action on Saturday. What's on the docket, my man? I have to say that I absolutely despise this card. Um, And is that due to the fact that we don't have a lot of marquee games aside from Penn State and Ohio State, or is it just from your element of trying to break these down? Tough to get a feel, tough to get a sense. It's it's a little bit of both. And also, as I'm looking at this on – Wednesday night, Thursday morning, there are a lot of situations where I've been fading Northwestern and I like Minnesota, but their quarterback's under the concussion protocol. And I don't know if he's going to play. So do I trust laying two touchdowns or over two touchdowns against Northwestern on the road with a backup quarterback? Uh, Michigan has failed to cover their last three games uh, before the Ohio State game. Uh, Will... Indiana's stud wide receiver and Phil Yor be cleared to play this game against Michigan at home at Memorial Stadium, getting nine, nine and a half points from the Wolverines in the week before Ohio State. So there are a lot of these questions, especially in Big Ten country, where I don't know who's going to be playing. Cal, I love, I would love Cal this week, 
if I knew Garbers were going to play, but he got knocked out in that USC game, and I don't trust even getting two and a half points against a bad Stanford team in a rivalry game uh, going up with a monster. So there, there are these questions that I have when I'm looking at the board on Wednesday night, Thursday morning, and I recommend uh, people take a look at that. And another thing that I would look at for this week uh, where you have these SEC teams playing the cupcakes before their rivalry games. Always. What tends to happen in these games, though, it has almost happened blindly where if they absolutely obliterate teams in the first half, second half FCS team has actually been very profitable to the tune of an 11-5 and record in the last 16 types of these matchups in this spot before the rivalry game such that you can second-half bet these FCF, FCS teams like a Western Carolina, like a Sanford, because they're taking their foot off the gas. They just want to get through the game without any injuries, playing their backups and getting the clock running. So the FCS spots in these second halves actually tends to be pretty profitable in this uh, November spot. Um, I, I like it. I like it. Some juicy, useful tidbits there. And now, Professor, now that we had some fun, now you got to dive deep. What are we looking at? Um, diving deep, I'm going into 2 o'clock in the Mountain West. I'm taking Air Force. I have them laying 22 points at New Mexico. New Mexico has had lost 16 players, including four running backs to season-ending injuries. It's so bad for New Mexico right now. They don't have enough running backs to run a scout offense. That is Air Force's offense entering that spot. Uh, I see Air Force, despite laying the big number with their option offense, just laying it on New Mexico. I have them laying the 22 uh, in Albuquerque. Uh, I am taking UAB at home versus Louisiana Tech. I have the line at six. I'm playing against the Louisiana Tech team, depleted by suspensions to their starting quarterback, Tamar Smith, leading receiver Adrian Hardy. The backup quarterback who played last week against Marshall, Aaron Allen, was knocked out of that game in the loss. UAB in their last 13 games at home since they've been resurrected as a program are 11 one and one against the spread at historic Legion field. So I'm going to take UAB laying the six at home against Louisiana tech. I have a late mountain West play. I like San Diego state in Hawaii plus three Rockies long team as a road dog. Their defense usually travels Quarterback Ryan Agnew is supposed to be 100% for this game against the Rainbows with a calf bruise. Rocky Long is 4-1 versus the line away this year. He's 7-3 in his last 10 as an underdog. The Aztecs have won and covered their last three on the islands, so I'm taking San Diego State as a dog getting the points. I do like Ohio State. Uh, against Penn State this weekend. I just think they have to The Nittany Lion is not going to like to hear that. Uh, but I think he like knows. He, that's why he's not here. He's preparing for the worst already. He, he, he might be preparing, preparing for the worst, um, but, and that might be within good reason. But I do like Ohio State against Penn State, despite the fact if the one worry that I have in this spot is that Ohio State has failed to cover their last six games before their matchup against Michigan. But I think Penn State has their full attention, especially off the past two games that they have had against uh, Maryland and Rutgers. And my final spot is going to be with the Ragin' Cajuns of Louisiana Lafayette. They are home against Troy, and they are laying two touchdowns. 
Uh, Troy is one and two as a dog this year, and Louisiana Lafayette in the fun belt. They are absolutely rolling teams this year. They are 16-3-2 in their last 21 versus the spread in the regular season, including an 8-2 mark this year. So I like the Raging Cajuns at home against a Troy team that is still trying to find themselves to bowl eligibility this year. Professor, appreciate the insight as always. Let's cash some tickets, my friend. We will chat next week. Sounds good, JJ. It's a big card next week. You know it, my man. The great Johnny Massey. Good stuff there on the college football. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.